The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Tofop. Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fofop, I'm Will Anderson. Uh, guest Charlie Clawson for the very first time, excited to have him here, Monty Franklin. How are you, Monty? I'm good, thank you for having me. Beardy Monty Franklin. I don't I think we can actually talk about why you've got a beard at the moment, but you're growing it for like, for some show business related things. Yeah, That's what yeah. we can say, It's right? a TV show, I think. I think are you allowed to say, say that? It. I think so. I, I can probably say what it is, I just... Do you know, like, a lot of things happen uh, in our industry and then they don't eventuate? And right. People go, hey, whatever happened to that? And then right. you have to go, ah, oh, and relive it why it didn't work out. So yeah. I just keep a lot of things to myself sometimes. So so if you grow a beard for a part and then the part, like, gets cut out or it doesn't go to yeah. air or whatever, yeah. people, then you can never grow a beard again. Because yeah, exactly. everyone's going to be like... Oh, I remember that other time you grew a beard for that. What happened to that? You're like, ah, <laughs> I could ah. never be a hipster. <laughs> I wasted my beard for three months and I didn't even get hipster credit. You um, Are you a beardy person? Like, have you ever done the beard before? Because is, I've, in the time the I've known you, yeah, I was going to say, I've never seen you really be beardy. No, uh, this is the longest it's got. And it's, well, it's probably like an inch, but um, it's got past that itchy stage. And now it's just gross. Well, I, wanna, I want you to talk us through it because I... I can't grow a beard I'm trying Even right now I've got two weeks there's, Where I really don't have to do much And I'm going to try to grow a beard But There's I can't. stuff there Like you have potential Yeah I've, yeah, it's patchy It's the uh, You have to commit basically Right Because there's going to be a few points Like about a week in You're going to get a bit itchy And you're going to go oh, Do I really want to do this Do I want to commit to a full beard Right I'm already at the point Where not where it's itchy But like as you will have noticed Looking at my face um, Particularly on my chin I've gone, I've gone pretty grey. Yeah, there's but a little it's bit of Santa there. It's yeah, good. but it's in the chin. Like if it was grey all over the place, I could just go full grey. But it's not. Like it'll still be reasonably dark in on the sides, and then it'll. No, be... I think if you pulled, if you got that out, like the right. rest would fall through, and you'd look like Clooney. I reckon it'd be good. You reckon I could Clooney it? I up? think you could Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You look like Clooney with a beard. Without a beard, nothing like him. You look disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> but, but that just shows how a beard levels people. George <laughs> Clooney in a beard, you in a beard, pretty similar. <laughs> Two guys uh, with beards. Okay, and how, how has it been uh, received in, like, you know, in your life? Because um, like, beards can divide people. Yeah. No, I think most people like it. Yeah. They, uh, well, they always ask, what are you doing first? They assume, you know, what's happening. Right. But it, it is. Yeah, it's, well, it's one of two things. It's like, A, what are you growing your beard for? Or... Is everything okay? Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Do you need to talk? Right. Like, show us, show us your sleeves. I just want to. Have you been cutting yourself? <laughs> just a little bit. I'm just. It's a hard, hard life out here. <laughs> 
I don't know where my life is going. I, no, it's most people like it. I think it is the hipster thing. Yeah, especially here in LA. Right, Silver Lake's down the road. It's twenty minutes down the road, and and here with this beard, I'm I'm cool down there. Yeah, I I, I said to you the other night that I think it's like the great opportunity where you should be really trying to hit up some of the alternative rooms. I, I've done it too. Yeah. Oh, have you? <laughs> yeah, well, I worked with a comedian on the weekend, and I, uh, he got me in touch with a few of them. I said, "Well, now's the time." Right, <laughs> and people in the past going, "He's a bit too, you know, slick and mainstream yeah, looking a bit clean for us." Cut for our club. Oh no, no, he's got a beard now. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> hold on, get him down he's here. He's got an apprentice Clooney going yeah, on. Yeah, he, we'll, uh... he can headline. <laughs> he's got facial hair now. <laughs> That's the prerequisite yeah. for headlining. His material seems completely different. We're not sure why it is. It's the beard. It's so new and refreshing. You've got to get yourself. Beard. You've got to get yourself some funky glasses and like a button-up shirt, and you'll be. I can do that. Sweet, I actually it? got glasses recently because I need them. I actually need them. Right. <laughs> and it's the first time I've sort of worn glasses. I think I'm just turning into a hipster. Maybe I don't know you what's are. Happening. I don't know if I'm ready for this. <laughs> I did get my shirt from Urban Outfitters. That's like hipsterish, isn't it? No. 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 Oh, all right. I got, that's like learning. mainstream hipster. You're like you are. You, but that's good. That's a good area. That's where you can cross over. You can oh, be okay. like. Like the Chris Hardwick, you know what I mean? Like who's like who's the kind king yeah. of the nerds? Yeah, but yeah. Chris Hardwick's not really a nerd. Nah, he's, he's not nerd. He's wearing five hundred dollar pants. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Like a nerd is spending five hundred dollars on some toy they're going to keep in plastic for their entire life, but they're not going to spend it on pants. I've got a lot but of Back to the that. Future memorabilia. Does that class yeah. me? In yeah, there? I like oh, it. Good, that's good. good. All right, I'm getting there. That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> yeah, did, all you needed is a little twist. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. Uh, do you have? Like, so that's good. That's a good area for this podcast. Because we we talk about Back to the Future quite a lot. Oh, really? Was it a um, like a, a movie that was very special to you? Oh, Back to the Future is my life. <laughs> <laughs> I have come back in time to do this podcast. No, I, uh, it was my favourite movie as a kid, obsessed, and I've just taken that obsession into adulthood. I've got the trilogy on the, the DVD, and I watch it once a month. I know that's probably too much, but I I love the movie so much. I've got the um, original print. Of the first Back to the Future movie uh, on my wall, my sister's got it t- for me for my 30th birthday. It was actually a poster that was in the cinemas in 1985. Right. And they tracked down and they, they put, by, you know, behind mounted glass and stuff. And, um, yeah, it's my prized possession. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I like that. That's really cool. So I did a comedy festival show called Monty McFly. <laughs> <laughs> Talk me through um, because uh, I, I love the Batman, the new Batman movies, the Dark Knight trilogy, and oh, yeah. I I think that all those movies are perfect. And I understand that there are people who prefer one to the other and thought that maybe even the last one was disappointing. Yeah, but yeah. I love those movies so much yeah. that I I don't even hear that. I don't care. I, I just enjoy them so much. How do you feel about Back to the Future as opposed to the Back to the Future trilogy? Are you all in? Or oh, like you... all of the three movies? Yeah. How do you oh, they've think... all got their own special place. They are three completely different movies right. in my eyes. The best movie, I will say, is Back to the Future 2. And like, Really? Well, yeah. I mean, because it has the elements of the first one because he goes back to 1955 in the second uh-huh. one and sees himself again. That just blew my mind as a kid. I love that. And I, <laughs> I love the idea that Biff had all the money and was in the casino and then he had to figure out how he got back with the almanac. And so that that's definitely my favorite, but they've all got like, there's times in my life where I go, I just, I just need back of the future one right now. Right. It's, it's that kind of time Do in my you, life. Is there ever a time in your life where you're just like, fuck the other two. I'm going straight to three. 
yeah, I think yeah. so. Right. When I want to, when you're a Western you know, mood, yeah. When yeah. I've when I've seen a picture of Clint Eastwood or something, <laughs> right. and they go, I do like westerns. I'm going to watch Back <laughs> to the Future Three. <laughs> 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 All right. So now this is a uh, this is a topic that has come up before, and I feel like we finally got the person on the podcast to answer for this one. Oh, no. uh, if someone tried to rape your mum, <laughs> do you think oh. that later in life you would employ them to wash your car? <laughs> because that is essentially what happens in Back to the Future. All right. So let's, and let's, <laughs> let's think. Well, hold on. He just tried to. You right. said that he did. So well, no, attempted, attempted to the rape. Attempted rape. Yeah, yeah, the attempted rape, yeah. The attempted rape, and then you employ him. I didn't realise you were his lawyer. <laughs> yep. No, Biff, yeah. Biff Tanner. You know, he, you know his pictures up at the comedy store? I took it the other night what? on my phone. Yeah, I, I could go through my phone, but it'd take a while. But, um, yeah, he, he does stand up. And um, his pictures on the wall at the comedy store. And I just, because I'm obsessed, I took the photo and thought it was hilarious. Oh, my God. You guys could do a tour together. That'd be pretty good. Imagine if you did a tour of America and you were supported by Biff from Back to the Future. And I was Monty McFly. And you were Monty McFly. Uh, I'm going to have to ring him up. This is good. <laughs> All right, now back to whether I would let him wash yeah. my car if yeah. he attempted to rape my mum. Right. Yeah, I think it's like a good... Because he only attempted and it, it really... Because he... When you see him uh, washing the car and he has turned into this bubbling, mumbling, oh, yep. Marty, I washed, I washed your truck for you. Like, it's actually a really good uh, capping to the, to the biff that he was. He right. turned into, just from one incident, yep. from one punch, he yep. turned into, <laughs> into like, oh, my God, I'll do everything for everyone now that I got punched once. Right. I've been punched Many times. Yeah. I happen? haven't just turned into a, oh, I'll do anything. Did not wash one of those fuckers' cars. Not one car. Not one. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, and the other one, uh, the other big question that always comes out of Back to the Future is... I've never thought about it this way. This is good. Uh, George McFly. Oh, yeah. Does it, does it not seem weird to George McFly that his son looks like that guy kid he hung out with oh yeah like he grows into like and one day he goes him. that looks like calvin klein right that kid who wouldn't you at least think like you know i mean it's got to be the biggest con job since like mary and joseph <laughs> like you know you've like hang on you bang calvin klein hold on i'm not the father you've been seeing calvin klein still that's what you'd have to think right if your kid like you yeah know, if he turned out up, looking, looking like, like calvin klein yeah yeah you would absolutely yeah well george is an idiot. Did you know that um, he wasn't in the second? Yeah, Crispin movie? Glover, who played uh, George McFly, refused to do the second movie. Well, he wanted too much money. Yeah, and so they said, "All right, we're just going to change your character and put you upside down because right. he's just upside down in the second one, and no one can really tell unless you're a big fan and you go, hold on, that's not the original George McFly.' So they changed the character to have him hurt his back and hung him upside down there, so no one knew." <laughs> And they didn't have to pay him the outrageous fees he was asking, apparently. Yep, apparently that's, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And I know that he doesn't uh, like to sign Back to the Future merchandise or memorabilia now because we oh, had we, we had him on uh, a radio show when he was out in Australia because he makes these fucked up films now, like really fucked up films. Like really? these dark, bizarre, like films about people with Down syndrome and like weird horror, like the stuff in your worst nightmare <laughs> films. Really? Oh, yeah. And really like, took a turn. And we took it, we interviewed him. All we wanted to talk about was Back to the Future. You know, I wanted yeah, yeah, to ask yeah. him, why did you let the guy who almost. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever think that your son looked like Calvin Klein a little bit, maybe? Did you think about that, George, just yelling at him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
abusing him in your radio yeah, station. Yeah, but instead he was like, he wanted to talk about the fact that he would show his disturbing films for two hours and then he would do like questions and answers. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. So I'm very, I'm fascinated by your love of Back to the Future. And I'm also fascinated by the fact that how old are you now? 31. That you, you haven't let it go. You haven't gone like, you know, these are childhood things that no. I must like a walk away from. You're like, that's still part of me and who I no, am. When that, I hear that music, come on, I get excited. It's good. Makes me want to travel through time. Right. Uh, would you like to travel through time? Okay, this is a, oh, again. You, oh, here we go. You've, you've really come yeah, in. Absolutely. To be honest with you, Monty, you've come into this podcast very strong. <laughs> For a guy who didn't know a lot about it, you have just waded straight in to some areas that pretty much come up every podcast. So, fucking welcome. Time travel. I'm glad to <laughs> have you. I'm glad to have you on. <laughs> My lack of facial hair. We're, we're ticking yeah. off all the big ones. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, okay, so uh, someone comes to you and they give you the power to travel through time. All right. Where do you, where do you first travel? through time too what do you want to do first uh well i wonder if i do want to go back and give myself the back to the future almanac style thing so right. that i'm rich um i don't know yeah don't know. but the moral of those movies is that yeah, that shit ne- never works it never out, works man. out it never, it never works, works out. out and um but maybe that just, back to the future poster on your wall characters will start to fade yeah they fade i'll lose yeah. my yeah no no um where would i go yeah. i don't know I guess, like, I'd go back and, and, I mean, this is a bit stupid of me to say, but I'd go back and, and spend some time with people that I've lost in my life a little bit, maybe like that. That's good. That's a good That's a good first place to go. Yeah. I think that says a lot about you as a person. Yeah. I, guess. I mean, it's weird that you didn't say I'd go and kill Hitler because that's what you meant to do first. <laughs> oh, sorry. I meant right, go meant, kill Hitler yeah. while he's on the yeah. shitter. And, uh, go, go and see a few people that I've lost <laughs> rather than all my those life. Jews that were lost. <laughs> How many were lost? Right. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've, I've, I've yeah. got a couple of mates. Right. <laughs> I'd like to see them, all right? No, no, no. I, we, I think we should always take Kill Hitler out because we all understand that the first person who invents time travel has the responsibility to go, <laughs> to back, go back and, back and, kill, and Hitler. kill Hitler. But after that, you're allowed to go and pursue some of your own, you know. Do you know what I'm a bit sick of is uh, every year it happens is someone puts on Facebook or something, this was the year that Marty McFly went to the future. Oh, yeah. Why don't we have hoverboards? Yeah. It's 2015. So let's just wait until then. I do think the technology should be starting to develop, though. We should see right. prototypes of hoverboards and stuff because, you know, if they, if they go to 2015 and these kids have got them for Christmas, they, they're obviously been on the market for about a year. So yeah, that's we, should be, we should be seeing them pretty maybe, soon. Well, that's why, maybe that's why Apple have just been putting out really shitty phones of late. <laughs> they're working they're, on that. They're distractions. If they're that's like, the case, then I'm happy that my iPhone battery lasts about 35 minutes. Yeah, they'll days. be like, let's look. I mean, they're like, they're like seriously, <laughs> do you think? really think that the biggest company in the world has taken our eye off the ball this badly yeah this is distraction shit yeah we're making you think we've got this right and now. we're letting our friends buy in at the price of apple now because <laughs> i'm telling you in six months when we bring out the eye hoverboard yeah, people yeah. are gonna lose their fucking shit yeah people are gonna throw their ways phones away when we have a phone <laughs> that's our new phone it's the size can, of a hoverboard you can ride to you work can fly to work <laughs> how about that take that fucking google stick that up yeah Take Samsung. that, Samsung. <laughs> <laughs> Dump a bunch of pennies on our thing now, Samsung. <laughs> the iHoffer board. Um, yeah, that, that is an interesting internet meme, though, isn't it? Because it does come up quite often. Where people, I don't. Why would you be the first person 
who wanted to because they've always yeah like done it digitally as well to with the the yeah, dashboard with the date. yeah and, change and you're the like date. why yeah why 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 like you're just making things up to I get don't... people to look at your your fake post <laughs> that I don't like fake things on Facebook okay <laughs> <laughs> I don't like fake people just representing themselves untrue to themselves on Facebook okay. It is, um, that is pretty much Facebook, isn't it? You learn a lot about people from Facebook. Like I've, you have, you I've, learn a lot about people just making things up about themselves on Facebook. Well, you learn a lot about what a person's like and how they represent themselves. I think and I think, yeah. And I think, you know, that can be as informative to knowing what a person is really like than just reading what they say. Yeah, You absolutely. know, often, you know, what they repost or what yeah. they link to or what they're angry about or what, you know, the way they make their political point or the way that they boast about their success or yeah. whatever just tells you a lot about the person. It absolutely right? does. And, and and I enjoy that. Like, I enjoy going, oh. Oh, you're that kind yeah, of person. I had no guy. idea. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of people on Facebook putting, um, oh, got some big news, wish me luck. Like, do your thing, and right. then if something good happens, then right. go, hey, guys, this cool thing happened, just thought I'd let everyone know. Not, hey, little bits are happening. Exactly the same thing as the beard thing, you know? Right. Just don't tell anyone anything yeah, until no. shit happens. Because I get it. You're, you're not on your Facebook page going to, like, every day update your beard and yeah. go, get in get, there for yeah. my exciting surprise, I can't, can't tell you Can't about. tell you what's happening yet, but look at the beard look, grow. Look at the beard grow. <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah, okay, just I get that. looking for kudos. Yeah, that's... um. That is interesting to me. And I, the, the other thing that's interesting to me is um, <clears throat> the susceptibility to idiotic things that cannot possibly be true of people <laughs> who are my friends who I thought were pretty smart people. Yeah, you that know, gets the, me too. The people who will pass on this, like you'll never believe that, you know, in Sochi, that when that fifth oh, star oh, went exactly up. Exactly what they, I was talking about before. People reposting that and going, I can't believe it. And I go, right. read the article and the tone that it's written in. Don't, it is a joke. Don't even read the article. Read yeah. the sentence you wrote. <laughs> I can't believe this happened. You know why you can't believe it happened? Because it didn't fucking happen. That's why. If, if, you, if the thought in your head is, I can't believe this happened, do it. Google at least one other thing before you repost it. I actually because lose a lot of respect do, for people when they repost something like that and I go, you... You didn't read the article or anything. You just thought, oh, my God, I'm going to put great news out there. Justin Bieber got slapped by um, Blake Griffin in a Starbucks. Did you read that one? No. Yeah, I, a bunch of people would repost it on Facebook and i go, that can't possibly be true or I would have heard it on CNN or right. something, not by my friend Kevin on Facebook. Also, that can't be possibly <laughs> true because have you seen how big like, Blake Griffin yeah, is? compared to like, Bieber just completely Bieber would over. be back in fucking Canada. <laughs> Like that's what the report would say. And he's Man, back over the border. Bieber flies back into Canada. Sands plane. <laughs> he's never been higher. Blake Griffin slapped him in a Starbucks. <laughs> Fuck off. That never happened. <laughs> what fucking Starbucks, by the way, is Justin Bieber and Blake Griffin hanging out in? They said that Bieber walked in with his shirt off and demanded a uh, a latte or Shut something. The fuck and up. Blake Griffin stood up and slapped him. And people wrote back and gone, finally someone did this. Oh, I'm so glad this happened. And I'm like, ah, oh, just everyone who wrote, I just lose right. respect for you. Like, really? 
I had uh, someone recently uh, telling me quite sincerely about the fact that she was like, can, have you heard this story about, you know, that in China they're eating their babies now? And I was like, and I really like, I was like, I, I was just, I, the first thing I said, and I didn't ever mean it, but she said it to me. And the first thing I said to her, I said, that is not true. <laughs> like, that is not, that is just not true. Before she got a sentence. Did I'm you sorry. know they're eating babies? And that's right. not that true. That is not true. Because you know why I know <laughs> well, that's no, not true? It. Because Chinese people are also people. Yeah. And people, like, yes, in history, there has been people who have eaten their babies. And I'm not saying that in all of China, with all the billions of people, <laughs> there hasn't that been, there hasn't one been somebody baby accidentally eaten right. while they're Or rummaging. even on purpose. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that Chinese people are eating their babies. <laughs> It means a Chinese person possibly ate a baby. And even probably that's not true. It is as bad as generalising that dingoes just eat babies. Because just one. It was just one. Or was it in the end? I can't even remember. (laughs) That went back and forth. No, I think the dingo. The dingo did in the end? Oh, well, I mean, they've never convicted the dingo. (laughs) The dingo's still out on the land somewhere. He's got a George Clooney beard and no one knows where he is. I just love the idea that he gets to a point in his life, the dingo. Like, he'd be pretty old now. In fact, he'd probably be dead. I'm not even sure how long dingoes live. No, no, he's around. Right. For the story, he's yeah. around. He's still around. He's been living out in the outback. Like you said, growing a beard. Like, no one ever knows, you know, what his story is and no one ever asks, you know. But then just as he's about to, like, die, he's like, nah, fuck it. And he walks in and, like, hands himself in. <laughs> like Kevin Spacey in Seven. <laughs> still, got a, still got a bit of Detectives. the Detectives! Right. <laughs> Detectives! <laughs> I can't um, do it. Yeah, you mentioned the, uh, the dingo and the baby, and uh, you must cop a lot of what I cop when I go everywhere, which is you start to realise. Because oh, we should mention, we're here in Los Angeles, and you're over here in Los Angeles doing comedy and like, yeah. and you know, pursuing acting as well, right? Is that Yeah, everyone yeah. in LA does. So yeah. it's, you know... So, you know um, but, you know, having a great deal of success doing comedy here as well, and we'll get to that, definitely. Yeah. But um, uh, but you must cop the, the cliches of what people think Australia is. Cause what do you think, think is, I like, base my material on while I'm over here? Right. I work with it. They love it. So what, what are those cliches, though? What are the things that people think about Australia or know about Australia, and what are the things they don't know about Australia? The only thing Americans know about Australia, all right, as much of, of like... Anything you think we've done for tourism with getting Oprah over for tourism or talking about um, Airs Rock and the Red Dust, that whole tourism campaign, nothing, nothing compares to Crocodile Dundee. I know. Crocodile Dundee is all America knows about Australia. They all watched it as a kid. Everyone in middle America just watched Crocodile Dundee and thinks Australians are a cool, fun, tough people who like beer and like having a laugh and wrestle crocodiles. Right. And... That they love the fascination with Australia for Americans has not died because the people who come over here have all been very talented people who've got success. I'll just name like you know Keith Urban and and, and Russell Crowe, questionable, but um, about you know, whether he's an Australian, about whether he's Australian or New Zealand or, or what he is, but yeah. all these people, and so they've just they've never had the Aussie real dickhead to ruin their perception of how much they love Australians. Finally, we're here. And finally, <laughs> Will and I are here to change everyone's mind. <laughs> 
But um, that's all. That's all they think and all they know. And of course, they know the crocodile hunter too. So it's all yeah. that realm of things of 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 outback, of of adventure, of of animals and wildlife and stuff like that. This is a topic that uh, comes up a little bit on my television show when we talk about the way that Australia is marketed to the world. Yeah, and I understand the idea that like we are, like I understand why people might have a problem with that image because. It, as well as that, that is only a small part of what we are. Yeah, yeah. As well absolutely. as that, we're a, a modern, urbane, yeah, culture-filled society. Some oh, of absolutely, our, yeah. And all those things. But you know what? If someone's going to fly halfway around the world, and to the to them, yeah. particularly to, to Americans, yeah, Australia might as well be the fucking moon. Yeah, people. The the thing they always say, I'd like to go there, but it's so far away. Yeah. Well, guess absolutely. what? People aren't going to go so far away for. A great cup of coffee. Yeah, they're not going to go down like on once street. They're there, they'll fucking love the coffee culture. and they'll yeah. enjoy all those sort of things. Absolutely. But we can't get them in with that. Yeah. We can get them to come back with that. Yeah. But we can't get them in with that. We've got to get them in with the idea of, you know, it's this, you know, vast, yeah. you know, the outback, that sort of land, the beaches even. But like you've got to combine that with the story of like, you know, the outback yeah. and, and Australia and all those cliches because that's why they'll travel 14 hours to get there yeah but even when you look at australia on a map and and as we do and from our vantage point in australia knowing the country and uh you know its position in the world but you know that you know that we're a um a first world country and stuff like that but if you live in america whole time and there's just this huge continent down there that's down the bottom that is red and and there's crocodiles and and animals and sharks there and you don't know much about it it's this wondrous place that you're like wow who are these people how do they live how do they survive what you know and people aren't stupid they know that there's cities and melbourne and sydney they've seen the sydney harbour bridge and stuff but they still have this whole the whole mentality of australia is that it's this that it's the the same sort of image that you have in your head as Australians of, of a place like like hell, <laughs> like you know you, you you don't know exactly what it is, but you know it's scary, and you're like, oh my god, will I survive? Type thing, and that's how they picture Australia. The interesting thing for me is, and we talk a lot about the money that we put into tourism and how you make it work. Yeah. And when you say what the biggest selling point to Australia is Crocodile Dundee, absolutely, you don't mean even the shrimp on the barbie ads that paul nope. hogan did no you mean literally the, the movie, movie crocodile, crocodile dundee. dundee and i've had this thought for a long time which yeah. is the australian tourism industry should yeah. be financing movies in australia that are absolutely set in, that are set you know in australia if you you yeah. know agree to have like a certain amount that like you know shows people what Australia looks like yeah. and you shoot them in Australia and they demonstrate Australia yeah. because the best way for people to, like, for three, I mean, you know, Crocodile Dundee is a great example because it was such a huge movie, yeah. but it wouldn't have to be that big. No. Like, if you could have a movie that did the business that Shine did, for example, yeah. like, and it demonstrated what Australia was like, I guess that's what that movie Australia should have been, like the Baz Luhrmann movie, but instead yeah. it was just terrible. Yeah, it, well, something went wrong there. Um I think what people liked most about Crocodile Dundee and the, what they might have failed with Australia was the scenery and stuff they showed in the movie Australia was amazing. The yep. place looked great and stuff. But that's not what makes people go, wow, they, the larrikin Aussie right. Paul Hogan, yep. that, that character charm. that came, is what people went, who are these people? Like, I, I want to I go there and experience what a Foster's in the bar with Paul Hogan coming in wrestling a crocodile is like. And as much as that... 
uh, doesn't Weirdly happen enough, in Australia. The best, the best place to go in, <laughs> the best place to be in a bar drinking a Foster's with Paul Hogan is actually probably LA. Yeah, yeah, because that's about the only place you can find Paul Hogan <laughs> and a Foster's. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah exactly. <laughs> The whole, the whole thing's a sham. As soon as people get off in Australia, we give them a VB and... <laughs> um, okay, so uh, what other cliches apart from Crocodile Dundee or what other things do they know or are they surprised about when you, you talk about them or are there things that you've talked about on stage that the audience have just like, what the fuck are you talking about or what is that word or what, you know? I, um, I guess what I talk about a lot is the small differences and... People have come up to us to me afterwards and said, "My God, that was really funny, but it was really informative. I had no right. idea about uh, slight differences in our cultures and our countries and stuff. I mean, driving on the wrong side of the road is a very small and easy thing to adjust to over here. The hard thing to adjust to is conversation patterns, and the way that we talk in Australia sometimes here sounds like you're being rude." Like we we like very we're a shit giving country. Right. But that is actually what I'll do with my best friends is, right. is rile them up and go, you know, uh, you're you're a piece of shit, was I? You know, and he's like, yeah, well, you're a piece of shit, you know. Yep. And Americans will sit there and go, these guys hate each other, right. but that's my best friend. Yeah. And my best friends, I call uh, the c word. I don't yeah. know if I'm allowed to drop that word, but you are. Oh, well, I want. It's a safe space, mate. <laughs> you don't have to either, though. I've got a contract with Home and Away. I yeah. can't. <laughs> Yeah, the C that. word's Charlie, right? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. No, you can't say Charlie. Charlie. So yeah. I call my best mates Charlie. Yeah. And Americans go, wow, you, you call your friends that? And I'm like, yeah, that, that's a term of endearment in yeah. Australia. We swear a lot in Australia. Yeah, they don't a lot. swear. I, and, that's the thing that I've noticed. Like, because I... And, and people have been okay with it. Yeah. Like, you know, when I'm playing clubs and stuff. Because my swearing is rarely in anger like my swearing is really aggressive yeah but i swear constantly but so do i and um i've actually got to a point now where i feel bad about it because i can hear people around go no no it's okay but i am the only one like going yeah and and fucking this and fucking that and (laughs) it dawned on me the other day because i was skyping with my mum right and she was swearing so much that i went mum you you gotta stop swearing i went All right, like I'm assimilating a bit. I'm right. dropping the swearing a bit. Also, it's nice to have a son lecturing his mum about swearing. Yeah, yeah, swear jar, mum. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um. You might be the first stand-up comedian in history who's been more upset at his parents swearing than the <laughs> yeah, other yeah. way around. I know. Don't worry. My mum still tells me every day. You had to clean up your humour. You know, you're more intelligent than that. Um, your mum's a Monty Python character. Yep, she yep. certainly is. <laughs> She always takes helium balloons around with her, I don't know. Uh, where are you from? Where, where did you grow up? Melbourne. Okay, so we're like inner suburbs, outer suburbs. I grew up in Brighton, which is... Oh, uh, okay, so that's a nice, like a nice part is, of Melbourne. It is, it is. I um, I grew up in a nice area, um, in, in a shitty house in a nice area. Yeah. Um, and I went to a, a nice school. I was on a scholarship there. And uh, all my friends, you know, I've got very wealthy friends and stuff. It's uh-huh. it's It's fun to be... To be part of that, but I'm really um, I I don't come from a rich sort of family. I sort of just lucked out uh, living in that area. And uh, did what did you do? Did that inform the way that you like attacked school? Because Charlie, who used to do this podcast, went to Xavier. Oh yeah, and uh, you know. He said it always informs the way you study because everyone there is expecting to be successful in their lives. Like, you know, they're going to go out and they're going to work at the law firm or the bank or the well, you know, blah, blah, blah. Did you have that pressure? You know, I never you? had the pressure. My parents never pressured me into any of that. My teachers constantly pressured me right. because I was on a scholarship at school. Yeah. I was getting my school 
uh, paid for completely and they expected me to go on to be yep. a lawyer and say, I went to Brighton Grammar School. I got my education here. Yep. And when I realized school wasn't for me, which was about year nine, I, um, I started not getting the grades that I should be because I would never go to school. If you were smart, like, which obviously you were to like, you know, get the scholarship yeah. in the first place. Um, what, what was it about the school system that you think didn't engage you? Because clearly th- you are smart. Like you're a person who uses your brains and your words to make a living now. Yeah. So what was it about the education system? Because that's what I'm hearing. What was it that didn't connect with you, that failed you, that didn't engage you? What, what, what was it? I think it? it was the structure of almost being told what to do. Um, I know that's ridiculous, but I've never no, no. really worked uh, well with a boss. Which I, is think why a lot, I, I think a lot of people who do this job, I'm... I, I say exactly the same thing. Yeah. Sometimes I disagree with the boss just because they're the boss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. That's sure not I'm, true. I'm not even sure that I disagree with what <laughs> yeah. you're saying, but I just feel like, fuck you. You don't tell me what fuck to you. do. That is not happening. <laughs> Who do you think you are? My boss? Yes. Well, I want right. a job where I'm my boss. <laughs> yeah. All right. Enjoy making no money for about 10 years. Right. Okay, In- I will. That's why I like my podcast. You know that sending you broke. Shut up. Shut, Shut up. your face. <laughs> I think it was that. I think I I, I didn't like um, the structured environment of school uh-huh. and being told that I that I had to be a lawyer and stuff. I actually before I came over here to America, I went back to um, my school that I went to and a, a few other schools and spoke uh, to the year twelve kids. Okay, because nice. I think that year twelve kids at school are. There's way too much pressure put on them right then. You need to you need to succeed now to make the rest of your life what you need to be. Not one person I went to school with in year 12 is doing what they thought right. they would be doing. Not one. It's so it, unusual now too. And particular, and even if you go out and do something, it, like we live in a world now where it's not like in the old days where you would start having one job yeah. and you would have that job for the rest of your life. Yeah. Very few people are ever going to do that. You will change jobs. You will change careers. You will change priorities in your careers. Yeah. Even within the same career, you might... Like, say, for example, Absolutely. you get sick of being on the road, you get to a certain age, you, you start doing a TV show, or you start writing for a show, or you start writing a book. Yeah. You're still being a comedian, but yeah. that's a completely different job. Exactly. Getting up and writing a book to, like, going out on the road and telling jokes. Yeah. So, as a person, you've got to be versatile, particularly in this world where everything is developing and changing so quickly. Yeah. You have to be versatile. And we should be teaching the kids how to adapt to changing situations yeah. the joy of learning we should be engaging them in the process of teaching them how to learn like rather than even the actual yeah. you know facts and whatever because the ability to be able to learn the ability to be able to like study something pick up something pick up something new yeah. develop your skills that's the actual skill that will be handy i always think you learn more they say you learn more like in your first week of actually doing a job than you do in three years of university. Yeah. All you learn at university is the capacity to complete a task. Exactly. And that's all that um, employees want to see. Oh, they've gone through with something for three years. So they have commitment, basically. That's all it is. Yeah, because once you get into the office, they're going to teach you how to do everything anyway. They're not just going to go, oh, use Maslow's hierarchy of needs and you'll be fine. And like, (laughs) that's... Uh, that's not going to help you. You need to know shit. <laughs> the kids in year 12, they need to be told that there's several different things that right. you can end up doing in your life. The, the, I used a perfect example. One of my friends at school got a TR of... Um, that's your tertiary entrance tertiary uh, entrance, score whatever, whatever it's called it now. It probably changed. For people like, who... I, like 40, which is terrible. Right. Now so out he, of 100, right? 
or yeah, something like so. that. Yeah, I think so. Now, he is uh, one of the main managers for a big construction company in uh, Melbourne because right. he did an apprenticeship and then moved up and up. And now, you know, he is making a fortune and does what he loves doing because he, he had the opportunity to go and do an apprenticeship. You can go to the army and get your education paid for and do that. There's all these options that people just aren't told about and are told you need to get a TR of at least 95 so you can get into Melbourne University so that and your teachers and parents just say that to you because they want you to have options basically right. and th- but that's what I wonder if they should just be telling us that yeah like I, I, that's the thing that I think back on because you see all these kids going crazy and really you know putting themselves through more stress than they should be putting themselves through absolutely thinking at, that you know if you do well in but even the disappointment of going if you do well in year 12 yeah it's not fucking over no god no like you're gonna have to work at least that hard because everyone's like oh it's the hardest year i've ever had in my life oh no 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 yeah if you're gonna be good at anything yeah guess what year 12 is yeah that's the first time you've had a taste of how hard you'll have to work yeah. for the rest of your life to achieve anything exactly i i mean i like, I understand how hard year 12 is when you're doing year 12. And yeah. I think the pressure they put on the kids is too much. Yeah. But I'm also going to tell you that I've worked harder every single year from year 12 than Absolutely. I did then. Yeah. It's not the hardest year of your life. No. The real world where you don't have that structure and you have to take responsibility for your own actions, yeah. that's fucking hard. Yeah. Right? I but, think the hard bit is that all the pressure's put on them. And you know, then and you and know, come, come that, September, you better be ready for your right. final exam. And, and, and that's and what it's like. like. Oh, oh, oh. They tell them like, you know, and exactly. if you fail this, you're a failure in life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, no, fuck. There are so many different avenues, opportunities. I think that, there was a way we could tell people that, like, if you do well in this, the best you can do in this, like, even saying to them, if you think you're going to get forty-five, yeah. Let's just see if you can get 55. Because if you get 55, yeah. you're going to have three more options. Than exactly. You have if There's you got a few 45. more options for you. You're not a That's failure. At, you're not a failure at 45. Yeah. We'll find because you know what? If you really want to do something and you get 45, yeah, we'll find a way. Like there's another way to get to where you want to go. Exactly. However, if you get 55. You there's might a quicker have, way there to get there. might be a quicker way. Exactly. And if you get 75, and sometimes the quicker way isn't the best way. Yeah. Like, I'm glad I didn't start doing stand-up straight out of high school. I'm glad I went and did my journalism degree, and I'm glad I worked for a couple of years just yeah. so I knew what the real world was like. And I knew well, you need to I, have some life to talk about. Right. <laughs> and I, But also to know that, that I didn't want that. Yeah. You know, and... So sometimes it's nice to go somewhere else first. So what? So yeah, what did yeah. you do? Talk me through what happened for you then. Like you, when you're I at high school, school, you start to lose your interest in high school. You, uh, by year twelve, I, I my mum knew as well, and I was surfing more than I was going to school. And I mean, I got into university, and I have a degree, but it never, I, wa- I never wanted to do any of it, and mm. I, I never knew what I wanted to do. Um, and I was. I was obsessed with um, with Rove, with Rove's show, oh, and, okay. and his um, the way he had started a career, and he'd made a career out of doing this. And I thought, That's wow, good. this is incredible. Oh well, Rove uh, listens to this podcast; he'd be very flattered to hear that. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, Rove's great, great, and I'm lucky enough now to consider Rove like a friend of mine. I yeah. speak to him and, and stuff, and and it's amazing. Ten years after I had never started doing comedy, that you know, I know a person that I looked up to so much and I thought wow all I want to do is is something like that like have fun he just looked like he was having fun and doing a job that he wanted to do and I I went and did a a stand-up competition 
on the Gold Coast okay. at, the, at the Gold Coast Art Center. It was oh, a, yeah, okay. The right. basement uh, comedy show. And, uh, and I won this thing and the, and the guy said, you know, you should do this. And I, I thought, I don't even know what this is. Right. <laughs> like, right. I'm scared. And I went overseas and did the overseas thing for a year. And I, so everyone where were needs you? to do that. Where were you, that what, are you, you weren't working overseas. You went overseas for holiday or did you No, do I both? worked in England yeah. for like about So you about did, doing months. gigs in London and around the UK and no stuff? No gigs. I didn't do stand-up. Oh, just... I just worked. worked. I worked on the fourth Harry Potter movie. I, I got all these random jobs and had fun and got yeah, drunk right. and did the wrong things and sure. you know had, had a fun bit of with my fr- yeah right <laughs> and enjoyed life and then came back and <laughs> got used to what comedy will be like uh, after you do the show yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good training good training for being Just in this industry that training yeah. uh, out of the way and um, and then you I don't came- have to learn how to party at the same time you're learning how to do gigs yeah exactly yeah. I want to be able to do that and go I got this right. next big card yeah. all right <laughs> yeah as soon as I say thank you very much good night for the next few hours I'm in my elevator <laughs> yeah I've got this. <laughs> um, so I went. I went back to doing stand up, and uh, and I mean, just got the bug, and you just get obsessed with it, and you just keep doing it, and you you do it because you don't want money, because you don't get money, right? But you do it because you you love doing it, and then all these cool cool things get presented to you, which I'm sure happens in every sort of field that you want to go into. You know, you might be a carpenter, and then suddenly someone comes to you and says. I'm just a cabinet maker and you go, yeah, I just want to focus on cabinets. That sounds cool. And then you find your sort of way. And so I found my way uh, into doing stand-up and then coming over here and... and so tell me about that because that's a big deal. Like, And it's some, it's a conversation that comes up a lot um, yeah. Yeah, on this podcast because obviously I'm over here and I try to keep people in touch with, you know, why I'm here and what I'm doing and, yeah. you know, that sort of thing and why I'm doing it because sometimes... You know, your example of the, I just like making cabinets is a really nice way of putting what I do. Like yeah. if, 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 I, if we consider all the things I do to be a carpenter, yeah. like and television is like, I don't know. I'm yeah, not it's very, an area of carpentry. Right. Yeah. So, and, and I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. If you need me to knock you up a table, yeah. I'll yeah. knock you up a I table, right? I can <laughs> do it. But my passion is... But my passion is making cabinets, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so was that how you felt? Like what got you over over here the I, I i think i don't know what was what i why i initially came over here but um when i uh, my, well, my sister lives here i came here to visit right. her basically and i i met with some um agents and stuff and i just i just saw uh, a world of potential here where there is a uh, a ceiling in australia that you can get to and it's a fucking great great ceiling to get to but you know it's it's smaller and it's competitive and it's me versus 15 other me's vying for one spot right um and here i am uh you know there's there's not there's there's me and you here i there's no other australian comedians working around the scene and doing um there's a couple of girls but um the you know I'm more of a of a novelty and I just feel like felt like that there was more of an opportunity and as a result I've I feel like I, I've had more success here than than I would have in Australia. Yeah, I reckon that's right too because um, like there, there would have been a time I imagine in Australia and I'm not saying that you're this sort of person. Yeah. But you must have been just thinking, fuck, if Dave Thornton got hit by a car, oh. I might get a bit more yeah, work. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I'm just Dave Thornton's understudy. <laughs> 
Well, I, that's the thing. I, I started right. with Dave Thornton. We started yep. comedy at the same time, and and he he got the job right. of the one job that's available to yep. the Dave Thornton right. and no, type, but, uh, which yeah, is me. And I didn't say that in a disparaging no, way because uh, I'm no, a but, massive fan of Dave's. And oh no, me too. Like, yeah. he's one of my best friends. But, but I can um, see how people are going. You know, if we like need a handsome guy who can tell great jokes, who like exactly. blah blah blah, who's this sort of age yeah. in this demo. Let's get Dave Thornton. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, fucking yeah, but. <laughs> But like even like I've come over here and and I left a career that I had in Australia that you know at, you have to uh, take a risk because you huge. have a career and you've built whatever you have there yeah is is doesn't mean shit here. right doesn't mean shit and yeah. you'll know this as much as I like it's it's almost like Will and I are are on parody here in America oh and yeah of you course think about all the good stuff that Will's done with his career back at home they just they don't recognize it no. Nope. And you just have to start again. Start again completely from fresh. So I am in clubs doing five minutes just proving myself. And I did that for two years and stuff. And now it's now it's going really well. But I really was, for the first year I was here, I, every day I was going, what the fuck am I doing? So like, how did you get through that? Because I'm really interested in that. Like, you know, um, what, like what was inside you? What made you believe in yourself? What kept you going? Like, how do you even just as a person, like, you know, when you're thinking, oh, God, am I making a terrible mistake? The, uh, I guess, you know, you, you have friends and family around you that, that, you know, are encouraging, but it, ultimately it comes down to you. As, as much as I'd like to say, you know, my family helped me through and they, and they did, but it was me. I literally uh, picked myself up off the ground, out of bed, going, get the fuck up and you go and just do something. Right. And every little, I would got to a point where I just made every little thing uh, a victory. Like if I went to the Improv Comedy Club here in LA, which is a very um, famous comedy club, and I spoke to a comedian that I really liked. That was a positive for me for the day. Yeah. Because um, geez, right. Bill Bird no, saw me, saw my face, knows my name. And then next time I go in, he's like, hey, buddy. And then, and then I'm like, okay, this is all. Right. And it all progresses until, I mean, it took, it, I've been here for almost three years now. And the first year and a half, every single day was, what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck? You but know, what people, Dave Thornton's getting this. <laughs> it's it's such going, a weird thing to. Um, uh, to kind of get your head around. And part of the reason for me moving here more permanently was mm. not because, yeah, because my plate's reasonably full when I get here, like, you know, I'm doing plenty of gigs and stuff. Yeah. It wasn't about that. It was about exactly what you're talking about, which is going and hanging out, yeah. going and building relationships because yeah. it's as much a part of the work of building a reputation and people knowing who you are in the industry. Definitely. Like we were just talking about the fact that last night uh, down at Largo, which is just down the street from here, that people have heard me talk about that show, the All Things Comedy Show, which this show is on the All Things Comedy Network. I yeah. I just popped down because Dave Anthony was hosting and Bill Burr was on and Al Madrigal was on and, you know, uh, Jay Larson from The Crab Feast and just Eddie Pepitone, some dudes that I kind of know. Eddie and I hung out in San Francisco when we were doing, you know, Prompter yeah, yeah. together. So I'm like, oh, well, if I go and see Eddie again, like on Tuesday and we run into each other, suddenly we start to have like a little, yeah. you know, friendship and, a little, and yeah. maybe then I can hit him up and go, hey, do you want to come and do the podcast? And then when yeah. we've done the podcast, we start to kind of like, now we have a thing we've made together and we know each other and, you know. Yeah. It is, it, it is a shit word to use, but it's networking. It's networking. And when people hear networking, they're like, oh, no, that means you're out big noting yourself. No. It's not. It's just you are showing what you can do and bring and be part of the scene because there's such a scene here in L.A., a stand-up comedy scene that is 
that, that all the, these people are part of and these huge comedians are part of it and now I feel like I'm part of it and it's amazing. Right. Well, and that's the thing that, to like finish that story is I went down there to hang out backstage. You know, they'd put on some pizzas. We were drinking some beers. Yeah. Suddenly our, mag- our magical is like, do you want to do a spot? And suddenly you're in a show with Bill Burr and our magical, yeah. you know, yeah. just because you went to... Exactly, you Hang put out. the effort in. There's right. so many people here in LA who sit there and go, why is nothing happening? I, I'm not going out and partying. You know, you go out and party because right. then you meet people. and Don't you... go out and party so that you can't do good shows. Yeah, yeah, but go yeah. out and hang out at a show. Go yeah. out and... and you know what? If yeah. nothing else like from last night, even if I'd not talked to anyone, yeah. even if I'd not um, like ne- like you know, networked with anyone, even if I'd not done a spot, yeah. I sat side stage at Largo watching some of the best comedians in the world work. Yeah. And if nothing else, that's what I should be doing. Exactly. So that I can go, oh, that's that's how good you have to be. Yeah. You know. That's the level that I'm amongst and working with here. And, right. And, yeah, you just – it's a hard thing to do because you're not actually getting money to do some of this stuff. Right. But just night after night. Just well, how going. do you manage that? Like, I mean, without delving into your personal finances uh, I've too much. been lucky enough that my sister lives here and um, has helped me out a lot. Um, but I've done a few commercials as well, oh, okay, cool. which um, have sort of held money because the money in stand-up is, it's just, it's not here. It's not, uh, no. but it's not what anyone's doing. They're not here. They're here to showcase, to, to do other things. To Oh, totally. And eat. because essentially it's just like buying a lottery ticket because you know that if you get something, yeah. it'll be worth all exactly. the shit you did for free. Yeah. Exactly. You get paid too much when you actually get something and you get paid nowhere near enough when you have nothing. That was some good advice that you gave me about a year ago, actually. You said that. You go, one day, I promise you, you will get paid far too much for what you are doing and it will make it all worthwhile. Yeah. And, and you know, it hasn't happened yet, but... (laughs) But that's... I can feel it coming. Yeah. And then one day I'll go... All of those gigs I did, every time I walked in and spent the night and, and you know, was just watching shows and hanging out and being part of the scene, it's all worth it now... Because I'm, I'm there, I'm part of it, and I'm in it. I think the, it's going to be the beard. I, th- <laughs> I think, your I think whole, it's the Clooney beard I think, that's going I think to sell your, it for you. Your career will be measured before beard and after beard. <laughs> that's what. Remember Franklin post no, pre-beard? Just wasn't as good as you now. Know, you know what Dave Thorne could never fucking do? Grow a beard. <laughs> Right? Take that thought. Huh? Take that thought. <laughs> I feel bad. I'm going to have to ring up Thornton after this and go. No, 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 no. Thornton's a great mate of mine. It's okay, all good. good. This is a safe space. <laughs> it's all fine. Um, uh, so, but now you've had some like great stuff that started happening. You've been uh, touring a lot with quite a big American celebrity doing stand up. Yeah, yeah. Tell, run run um, us through. Uh, well, I'll Rob, tell you what happened. It was a well, pretty cool story. I won't give it away. You tell it. It was a good story because. Um, I do perform um, regularly at the uh, Laugh Factory here yep. in Hollywood Great and the, the Comedy Store and the Improv, and they're really hard clubs to get into. I've yep. just I've been lucky, and, and I've worked for it too, um, but I have been lucky uh, to get into the, some of these clubs, and I was just doing a 10-minute spot up at the Laugh Factory on a Thursday night, and Rob Schneider was there doing the same thing. He comes in and tries out some new material and stuff. And he saw me and came up afterwards and said, wow, you know, you're great. And I was like, hey, Rob, hey, how are you? And I was actually, I I wasn't like sucking up his ass or anything. I was just like, went, ah, cool, thanks. And um, had a chat to him for a bit. And he said, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Now, this was on a Thursday. And I said, oh, I don't know. And he goes, um, give me give me your number. Um, um, I might have something for you. And I thought, oh, yeah. And, because he, he was coming to Australia and he said, oh, I, I need you to help me with some material, some some local references. Right. And I was like, yeah, of course. We could have a coffee. I could tell you all about right. kangaroos and stupid shit. No worries. 
And uh, he rings me about half an hour later. I'm at home, about to get into bed. <laughs> Rob Schneider calls me. And, <laughs> and uh, I like, on hello. And he goes, it's Rob Schneider. <laughs> and I like went, you know, Rob Schneider. <laughs> and I was joking around. And um, he said, uh, okay, you're coming with me to Ohio for the weekend. Uh, you're going to open up for my shows. And so next morning I was on a plane with Rob Schneider to uh, Dayton in Ohio to open up for his, he, you know, he was doing an hour and he let me do 20 minutes in front of him, which right. in America, that's a lot of time, right. 20 minutes. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, shit, fantastic. And um, he, was, uh, he was impressed with the way that I worked because, um, you know, I, I mean, I've done this for 10 years. I know what I'm doing. So, and I was ready for it. It wasn't like I was shitting myself and going, uh-huh. oh my God, God, I've just gone 20 minutes. Yeah, fuck, this will be great. Right. And, and you've been him. doing, you've been doing plenty of gigs around town for the last couple of years. So, yeah. you know, you've got tight stuff. Yeah. It's only 20 minutes. Like, yeah. if, if you're any good, you should be able to fucking nail oh, 20 minutes. Nail. And so, and I was plus, like, you've got that thing of going, that the audience have never heard of you. Exactly. And if you can come out and yeah. like one of the most powerful things in comedy is one of the toughest things in comedy is that the audience don't know you. Yeah. Like, I mean, I did set list in uh, San Francisco the other night and I headlined a show that I rarely keep like the, the running list from a show. Yeah. yeah. But like, uh, you know, it had uh, Gilbert Gottfried on, it had oh, Bobcat wow. Goldflight on, like Eric Andre <laughs> was on, like all these really fucking yeah, yeah. Like, strong comedians were on and they asked me to go last because they thought that I would be able to close the show. Nice. Now, I thought that I could close the show except I knew that like the first minute when I walked on stage when he said our last act for the 90s after they've seen all these fucking yeah, yeah. superstars, oh, they're expecting be? like <laughs> it's going to be someone awesome, right? Yeah. And there had been rumours that Robin Williams was going to drop in. <laughs> so I don't know if they got out to the audience, but fuck if they, you know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Like if they had. Disappointment just goes over the audience. You're like, ah. Right. And there was that moment. So I like my whole riff at the start was about the fact that I was essentially, you know, they'd seen the final battle scene from the third Lord of the Rings and now... <laughs> It was still going and no one knew why and like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but it, as soon as you're funny, that yeah. moment from zero to when they all suddenly go, oh. oh, fuck, oh, fucking hell. Yeah. Like they love it. Yeah. Because they love being part of like feeling like they're discovering something brand new. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that you, if you're good, you can have really good gigs in those situations. Absolutely. Well, I even, uh, and it happens in LA a bit, but more so if you go out of LA and just the MC goes, uh, "This next act is from Australia." Right. I hear, I see the whole crowd go, "Oh, right. what? Who? Oh, wow!" Because like, sometimes it's the first time they're like, "Oh yeah. my god, this is the first time we've seen it in Australia." Yeah, middle America, hundred percent. I was right. walking around and people, were, yeah, were freaking out. Oh, no, was, people love to hear you talk. Yeah, love I, it. I keep saying this to people because sometimes in Australia, they like journalists in particular have such a snobby attitude to like, "Oh, you're in America," you know. Do they understand irony or whatever? You're like, shut the yeah, fuck up. No. Yeah, they also invented The Simpsons and The yeah, Daily exactly. Show and fucking and Seinfeld. George Clarkson, <laughs> some and of Seinfeld the funniest stuff and ever. And Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> and Louis C.K. and <laughs> yeah. South Park. I, th- I feel like <laughs> yeah. they've got a, some of them have got a beat on them. it. <laughs> Let, let's fucking stack up Hey Dad against that, <laughs> you fucking idiot. Like, I mean, we've made lots of great stuff in Australia too, and they've made heaps of shit stuff here. I'm oh, not yeah. saying that, yeah, but yeah. don't. This idea that like they don't understand, you know. But secondly, it's yeah. the only place I've ever performed where having an Australian accent is an advantage. Like yep. all the other places, when you're in the UK, it's not England, an advantage. It? When no. New Zealand, it's not an advantage. Yeah. In Canada, it's pretty much neutral. Like you know, what I mean, yeah. you don't go to anywhere where they're like, "Oh, we like listening to you talk." Yeah. Apart from particularly Middle America, Middle America, where people are just like, it. "I could have listened to you talk all night." I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm Danny Boy." <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jim Owen, I've done it, I've done it, I've nailed it, finally. 
Um, so you've done a lot of gigs with him now, though. You even went back out to Australia, and I yeah. imagine played some of the biggest gigs you've ever played in Australia with yep. him, right? Was lucky enough, like about uh, th- two weeks after that Ohio um, uh, weekend that we did, he took me back to Australia, and I did Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney, Adelaide, Perth, and uh, we did the Sydney Opera House. Right. Two hundred, two and a half thousand people at the main room of the Sydney Opera House, and I was doing twenty minutes before Rob Schneider. You know, hometown, well, hometown to Sydney, but like looking at that, that was on my bucket list of a hundred things to do in my life to perform at the Sydney Opera House, and right. I, I and got it to tick it off. How and it doesn't matter bizarre. that you're like the support act. No, right? it didn't mean shit because <laughs> you're doing twenty minutes, yeah. at the fucking main room in the Sydney Opera House, yeah, which is like. I mean, I've only ever done like I've never played the main room of the Sydney Opera House by myself. Yeah, like I've only ever played it as part of like gala lineups or part yeah. of things. Yeah, and I'm not sure that in any of those I've ever got to do twenty minutes because like mostly yeah. they're like you know maybe you're doing ten or twelve minute sets at those sort of things. Exactly. So the opportunity to stand on that stage yeah. for twenty minutes in front of an audience like that at the fucking motherfucking main room of yeah. the city motherfucking And I got house. to bring Rob Schneider out. Like, he, I brought him out and, you know, he gave me a hug and said, how, how were they? And I said, man, oh, you're, you're fucking you're, amazing. You'll, you'll be all right, mate. Yeah, you'll, you do, should, you'll do fine. You'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> I couldn't even hear him over the roar of the crowd. And I think you'll be fine. Right? But, yeah. but it, actually, he was great because he kind of, he took me on all the, on the press. I did all the radio and stuff with him and he kind of made it like it was our show. Which okay, that's He did cool. not have to do that at no, all. No, he did not it, have not, to do I was that. not bringing in any names. It's incredibly generous. And he, he was, it was like it was me and him doing this tour. It was, it was amazing. And then we did Chicago over New Year's and, um, and yeah, and now he's, he's written a role for me in his TV show, hence the beard. Right. And that's, that's just, and that's kind of a story about how things can work. Yeah. Like that really just came out of you. Like Being if, persistent, right? Doing. If, if you the, hadn't gone down to those clubs and met those people yeah. and felt comfortable in those environments and kept like knocking on the door of the yeah. the laugh factory yeah. to get that ten minute spot that exactly. Rob Snyder saw, that wouldn't. It's a really great story, mate. I love yeah. it. It's it, cool. It's how it has to happen, and I knew it. It would, and I. I he could won't just let feel you it. vaccinate your children, though, if you have children. Yeah, so don't bring don't that up <laughs> to him. Holy shit! The rants I've heard, you, you don't have no idea. It was really funny because when I ran into you at the Sydney Opera House, because I was. Why was, I don't even know why I was in that night. I think I was visiting Rove, might have been doing... Yeah, yeah. Is that what it was? He yeah, was Rove was the hosting the, the gala show before right. ours. So I was like backstage and the rooms were next to each other. And yeah, like, I, heard, I heard your voice. Actually, I was shitting myself because I was about to go out and do... I was, I was four minutes away and right. I was pacing and stuff and then I heard your voice and I went in there and you and Rove both gave me a bit of shit and it calmed me right down right. and it was really good. Well, that goes back to what you were saying is like, you know, it's... It's that's the Australian way of yeah. like you know making someone feel comfortable of kind of like you know yeah like Rove said oh don't fuck it up really right. and, like, and but it made me feel good like, yeah. oh, good no. yeah because yeah, no one this. because what is underneath that is no one would say that to you if they if actually they thought, thought you were going to fuck, gonna it, fuck up. it up yeah. that's their way of saying <laughs> you'll do fine you'll be yeah. fine exactly you'll, exactly you'll do and a good it was job good. yeah. <laughs> Um, but the funny thing was, at that very time, I was working on a bit of material that still may be in, in this year's show. I haven't quite nailed it in the way I want, but about Rob Schneider and his anti-vaccine views. Oh, yeah. And the whole time in my head, I was going, because I couldn't... I, the point I'm trying to make doesn't quite work as a good story. It comes off as a bit too, like, just here's my opinion on this, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know what would make this story really good is if i had some sort of encounter 
actually with Rob Schneider that I could incorporate uh, into yeah, it. Like, yeah. you know, because then it's like a story about me that I can talk about these views. Yeah, yeah. And for a second, I honestly thought about, could I manufacture something? You know? <laughs> <laughs> could I go in there? And I'm like, no, nah, this is Monty's big night. Let's not, <laughs> let's not fuck it up. For- <laughs> so vaccinations. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Monty, you're gonna have to do another sixty. <laughs> there's so many. Um, there's there's people are really heated about this um, the vaccinations thing, uh-huh. and I've just I've copped all the information from Rob, yeah. and so I, I just that's where my where I'm lying right now is is with him because of all the right. information he's given me. I'm like, yeah, 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 and I'm sure if I got the information from the other side, I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, you would. But, uh, but, By yeah. the way, yes, no, you would. absolutely. But, but this is part of what I want to kind of discuss in the show. It's not so much about the idea of, you know, that, you know, what's right or what's wrong because I'm not a scientist and I'm not smart enough to know and I've not yeah, done yeah. the research. My point is more about what exactly what you're saying and it was something that I discussed recently, read the Woody Allen thing is when I first read the daughter's like complaint against Woody Allen, yeah. I just read it and I just went, this fucking sick fucker. I'm never watching a Woody Allen movie again. Yeah. Then I read his response and I was like, Oh no, well, that actually does seem yeah. like he's made a good point. Yeah. I was like, I mean, I did like Blue Jasmine. I mean, Kate Blanchett is very good. Yeah. And then, like, I read the rebuttal to that and I'm like, yeah, nah, right. yeah. yeah. And so I find it interesting how people can be so certain about things. Like, you know, it, it, we like, live in a, Like religion? Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I think it goes to all those things. It is, isn't it? Like, right. no, this is the way, but you know that actually that fact is not true, but right. you you just dismiss it and go, no, 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 that definitely happened. And right. you go, well, it didn't. It like, didn't. But people just have these narrow-minded it was just what you want to tunnel say to, vision views of I things. always want to say to people, I'm like, who take that really literal thing of like, you know, it, it, particularly everything in the Bible. And I'm not here to have a crack at the Bible. Like yeah, yeah. people know what my views are, which are just my views. And, yeah. you know, they're as idiotic as anybody else's views. But like just to say to somebody, okay, well, just – Put it in a modern context. Yeah. If like some dude came up to you and said, hey, we've got to like leave our home and walk across the desert. Why? Well, I was talking to a bush. <laughs> you'd be like, you're fucking mental. And we're yeah. not like... The bush told me. Like yeah. hopefully you'd like go, well, look, let's, you know where we should go? To a hospital and we'll get yeah. you on some medication <laughs> yeah, and we'll that? let you talk you through the whole, you think the bush is talking to you stuff, <laughs> yeah. but we're not going to pack up our shit straight away. Let's get you on a course of pills or some... And then maybe... And then we'll just... If, if the, the bush, bush is, is still, still there. talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. It's been a, a great time. Uh, can, Thanks uh, for having me. I ask where people... This will kind of go up from, I don't know, like in the next week or so from when we're recording this. So oh, okay. where can people find you? Like where... Well, on, I'll be back online, in Australia Australia. Oh, okay, um, cool. March 12 to April 7. I'll be doing Melbourne, Sydney and the Gold Coast. Oh, okay, great. And um, Comedy festivals or just dates? No, just, just dates. Doing the yeah. Comics Lounge and the Comedy Club and then, you know, the, the regular haunts around. Um, I'm taking my girlfriend back to Australia for the first time, so oh, got to okay. go and show her a... Uh, the Foster's can and a crocodile. Right. I think that's all she wants to know. Well, I don't know. You'll be able to find them at the shop at Sydney Airport. Yeah. But apart from and that, they're like, yeah. oh, and everything else is pretty much right. like a normal place. <laughs> oh, yep. There's a Starbucks and McDonald's. Those distinctly Australian restaurants. Yeah, there they oh, well. Are. Where's the Outback Steakhouse? Oh, actually, we don't have any of those. Nope. Doesn't exist. Uh, what about online and stuff like that? Where people? Where can people find information about you? Do you have a website, a Twitter? MontyFranklin.com. Or... I've got uh, Facebook and Twitter. It's all just. Monty Franklin. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So, so people Google that, they can find you. 
Um, I'm going to plug a couple of things if I could. Firstly, um, a big shout out to the All Things Comedy Network. It's so good to be part of them and go and check out all the cool podcasts on the All Things Comedy Network, uh, including the comedy film nerds who are trying to raise money for Earbuds, the podcasting documentary. You can support their Kickstarter. All the remote, uh, all the sorry, all the guest Charlie number one T-shirts we sell for the first anniversary of Fofop. All the profits for that is going to the uh, the Earbuds podcasting documentary. Um, so please uh, buy those uh, if they're not already sold out by the time this goes up um i am going to uh say oh if you like the show rate it on itunes i haven't said that for a while that'd be cool ben lee is on the latest philosophy so uh check out that if you're a fan of ben lee um and also uh last but not least my australian tour starts march the second in adelaide adelaide fringe two weeks uh brisbane comedy festival one week melbourne comedy festival four weeks uh the cheaper nights are already sold out in melbourne so uh getting quick if you want to come to one of the cheaper shows and then sydney comedy festival we've put a second show on in chatswood and uh the two more shows are nearly full so um they're the only shows i can do in may so if you want to get to those uh getting quick um Monty Franklin, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me.